ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports. Maynard and Edgar putting on a show. Outstanding. Wow. And now the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history. Pedro Fernandez. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California, check it, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Often imitated but never duplicated, 37 plus years now of knocking out all bums, welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. My name is Pedro Fernandez, the modest one. Of course, we'll be talking boxing and MMA in this hour number two of the Sunday edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, and like a thousand other internet platforms and or podcasts. They got us in iTunes. They got us in these Google podcasts. They've also got us, of course, at Anchor.com. You can also find all of our shows at Anchor.com. Go to Anchor.com, of course, and enter Ring Talk Live Worldwide and check out all of our podcasts from the past six months. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look at the world of boxing, MMA. In this hour of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, we'll take a different turn. We'll go into the underbelly of boxing. We'll ask the promoter what it's really like to promote boxing. I think that Vince Caruso will be fairly forthright when it comes to answering that. Of course, some guys want to keep the secrets all under their hat and this kind of good stuff. I think we'll have a good riveting time with Mr. Caruso in segment number three and four of Ring Talk Live Worldwide today, hour number two. We'll also talk boxing, MMA, of course, boxing schedule upcoming. After watching the Devin Haney fight last night, yawn, yawn. I mean, the bottom line is you put me in there with a 38-year-old guy that was going on 98. I'm talking about Yuri Gamboa. And I say 38 going on 98. When I say that, I mean that Cubans lie about their age all the time. I mean, think about Joel Casimore, the 1992 Olympic gold medals. The guy was like 35 in the Olympics. Then went on to win a world title. Bottom line is you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. And Haney was the winner last night, 118-109, 120-107, twice over Yuri Gambo, the 38-year-old Cuban. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Fellas started to shower you with love and affection. Now you won't look in my direction. You sure looking good. I'm married. <laughs> Is she here with you? No, she's not here. She's home with your children, but I'm married. Oh, well, can't win them all. <laughs> win some, lose some. You know, you look a lot like Killer. You got that big... That big husky thing. Killer used to be a fighter, too. Yeah, they called him Sweet Chariot. Because he was always swinging low. <laughs> you know what? You haven't got a scar on you. Well, just, let me look. Just stand. Let me. I talk now. You look better than you do on the television. You look better than that. Uh, how'd you like to lose five pounds real fast? We'll lose five pounds the night we get Joe Frazier. 
Well, you got at least five. Now, let me tell you, I wanted to mention that. You come over here. I don't want them. Now, this is between me and you. You know, now I know you got to fight the man. You all got to fight and drag off them Charlies. <laughs> yes, but don't hurt him. Don't hurt him because he's one of us. <laughs> you know, just fight him a few rounds. You got to fight him. People expecting to fight. So go on and fight him a few rounds and then later on just do what you got to do. <laughs> but don't hurt him because he's one of us. <laughs> Maybe I'll go light on you, too. <laughs> yes, I, I wanted to meet you a long time. What are they looking at? I'm talking to you, and they're looking at me. That, that guy there, he tried to come up on the stage a couple weeks ago and, and manhandle me. <laughs> I said, man, are you crazy? You won't try nothing now. I got the champ with me. That's right. Here's the killer. I thought I could talk, but I met my match. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Clap your hands, sir. Stop being racist. Clap your hands. This is a new title tune from the... uh Tower of Power album. Do they call them albums, Cuddy? What do they call them now? Album CDs, drops. They call them drops. Okay, they're called drum. Not even called records anymore. Drops. Anyway, that's a new Tower of Power drop on the Soul Side of Town. That is the title of their new LP. It rocks and rolls, and of course, Tower of Power rock and roll. And now, fifty-one make that fifty-two years. Speaking of Ring Talk Live world, worldwide, of course, we've been on the air thirty-seven years now, thirty-seven plus years now, often imitated but never duplicated. Now, news come out of. Uh, out of Mexico, of course, The Zone, and at the same time, Golden Boy Promotions, all three announcing this week that Saul Alvarez, a.k.a. Canelo Alvarez, of course, a record of 53-1-2, a couple of draws and 36 kills at one loss to Floyd Mayweather when he was green as guacamole. Um, he is now a free agent. He had signed a deal with The Zone, of course, for like $350 million, a 10-fight deal, something like that, and it was going to go down, of course. Uh, he did one or two fights of that deal, and it was supposed to be on The Zone, and then The Zone sort of ran into the... You know, the pandemic, and that sort of crippled the crowds. They wanted him to fight Gennady Golovkin again. He didn't want to fight Golovkin again. They wanted him to take a pay cut. He wanted to take a pay cut. So now he's a free agent, not only promotionally, but television-wise as well. So he's not with his own. He's not with Oscar anymore. So he's went his own ways. And now he's signed for a fight December 19th against Caleb Plant, who's like 20-0 with 12 KOs, and he is a fighter handled by Al Heyman. Al Heyman is going to promote this car. So Al Heyman is going to do Canelo, and that means that Canelo is going to fight eventually, Jamal Charlo. Of course, Jamal Charlo, the undefeated 160-pound champion of the WBC, 31-0. and 0. Of course, coming to us from Houston, Texas, one of the, there's Jamal and there's Jamel. Jamel's a guy that won four, uh, 154, and it's not as good as a guy at 160, Jamal. But the bottom line is Jamal Charlo is now being mentioned as an opponent for Saul Alvarez. Now, what I didn't understand before was that he's doing all this TV, Charlo was. He did a pay-per-view a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Well, then you know they got his ass kicked on that one. Al Heyman took it and took it, took it deep on that one. Anyway, um, he's on TV. He never mentioned the biggest prize in all of boxing, Canelo Alvarez. He never mentioned him. He wanted to fight, you know, Scott Cuddy and Pedro Fernandez and maybe Hector Martinez. I never heard him mention. Never heard him mention Canelo Alvarez. In other words, if you wanted to make the most money and fight the best and you know get the most, because listen. 
This is about professional boxing. And I tried to tell you guys before, professional means making money. Okay, not having belts. Belts are cool, but making money is better. Actually, the both was even the best. But if you can't have one, you want to have the other. I'd rather have the money than the belts. Because I tell you what, because you can hold on to a belt, but you can spend a lot of money. And I know, guys, of course, like Alex Stewart, I keep bringing this up time and time again. Stewart went like 20 and 0 or 25 and 0 with 25 knockouts until he ran into Evander Holyfield about 1988 or 1989, something like that. Was it? It was about that time. Anyway, bottom line is, um, he made a lot of money. I mean, five, six hundred grand to fight, a million here, a million there. He saved it all. Alex Stewart made a lot of money, but he never won a belt. What was better? To give him a belt and have him be done with a belt or have him be done with a couple million bucks or have him, have him be done with a couple million bucks. Anyway, Saul Alvarez is going to take on Calaplant 20, no, 12 KOs on December 19th. That looks like it'll be an Al Heyman pay-per-view. Now, it opens the door for other fights. I said, Charlo, now step it up into the, uh, uh, the realm, he says, now he wants to fight Saul Alvarez. When I went back to the 160-pound ratings at BoxRec.com, Alvarez was ranked at 168 pounds, and this week I noticed he's ranked at 160 pounds. So the eventual goal here is to fight Caleb Plant on the 20, on December, on uh, December 19th, to fight Clant Pant, Plant, they think they'll get by him, 20 and 0, pretty green, 12 KOs, um, doesn't bring a whole lot to the dance except for the fact that he's undefeated and he's promoted by Al Heyman, which makes him the perfect foil for Canelo Alvarez, okay? And then Alvarez takes on Charlo, Jamal Charlo, that's going to go down, I think, in May on some type of pay-per-view for the, uh, you know, single de mile date. That's the way I see things going on because outside of that, there's no other direction for Alvarez to go. I mean, where's he going to go? That's the only place he's got to go. He's going to hang with, with Al Heyman. He's got to go after Charlo. Charlo and him have got to hook it up. Charlo, a big time, uh, pay-per-view draw? No. Canelo's a draw, there's no doubt about it, but Charlo's talented, and he's only 30 years old. Of course, as is Alvarez, only 30 years old. Speaking of old, somebody said to me, how old is Gennady Golovkin these days? 38 years old, going on 90. Why did I say 38, going on 90? These fighters from the former Soviet bloc tend to, how we say, fib about their life, fib about their age, the guys from Russia, the guys from, guys from Cuba especially, man, some of the Cuban guys, I mean, one Cuban guy, I won't give him up because I was working with him, but he said he was like 27, and he was like 34. You're like seven years older. I said, how'd you come up? He goes, man, we don't have to tell anybody. When you came over, it's like when you get off the boat. How old are you? Uh, 27. Okay, 27. You look 34, but you're 27. Anyway, the bottom line is they lie about their age. But Canelo Alvarez is going to try to hook it up. Jaime Munguia is being mentioned as well at 160 pounds. Of course, the Mexican, the former 154-pound champion of the WBL, still undefeated after a, a win a couple of weeks ago against a, you know, not so upper echelon fighter. But he's 36 and zip. I think he needs a June trainer. I think the kids from kid from Tijuana needs a new trainer. He needs to expand things. He just looks like a a guy with a lot of talent, but not a whole lot of knowledge. I mean, you got to teach him things. You got to take him to different trainers. Speaking of different trainers, uh, I want to bring back to this the Canelo Alvarez thing. Um, all of the announcements of late about Canelo Alvarez have been coming from his trainer, his trainer, and his the guy is his trainer and his manager. Never a good thing. Never a good thing. Unless you're trying to like, you know, cut somebody out of a payday. In other words, you're trying to cut somebody's rollout. I understand you have like the, the, uh, the manager and the trainer being the same because you're going to pay them some special fee. Instead of like the manager getting in standard third and the trainer getting 10%, which is like 43% of a purse. That's a lot of money to go. That's what happens to a fighter. Fighter starts off with 100%. Before he knows it, he's got 53%. And then after that, you know, he's got to pay the IRS. 
right? And it's cut, man, you know, and the taxes, all that kind of good stuff. So at the end of the day, the five days will make maybe but 35 cents on the dollar. I kid you not. So when a guy makes 350 grand, figure it out. He ain't making all that much. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing, MMA. Speaking of the middleweight rankings, we'll go through them real quick here. Alvarez ranked number one. Golovkin ranked number two. Kyle, why is Golovkin still ranked number two? I guess because he, he's got the name, Triple G. Outside of that, mm, triple old. Jamal Charlo, number three. Chris Eubank Jr., number four. Eubank Jr., of course, a twi- twice a loser in 31 fights, 29-2. Demetrius Andrade, a former uh, WBO champion at 154, is 29-0. Of course, who comes to us from Providence, Rhode Island, a southpaw. He can fight a little bit. And then you've got Mungia from Tijuana. And Ryota Murata. Is he fighting at middleweight now? Yes, he is. He sort of beat Rob Brandt. Rob Brandt had a chance, man. I thought Rob Brandt was going to be a stud. Rob Brandt was trained by Eddie Mustafa Muhammad, formerly Eddie Gregory. Of course, the former light heavyweight champion back in the days of Michael Spinks in that era. Okay, But he had Brandt, and Brandt had pulled off an upset win. I said to myself, man, Brandt's looking good. And then Brandt goes over to Japan and fights Murata in, in a rematch and gets lit up like the White House Christmas tree after kicking Murata's ass the first time around. So I said to myself, something's missing there. Rob Brandt's missing a... In other words, you know, everybody's missing something. No fighter is the complete 12... No fighter really has the complete 12 inches. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the whole foot. Nobody has it all. But this guy has a lot. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing, MMA. Open phone lines around the planet. If you dare, 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Or get this, the guilt-free, no-commitment text line. Text me, say what you want. You can have your cap on Cuddy if you want. 1-415-275-1613. The text line, once again, 1-415-275-1613. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Superfly, fitting comeback to bring in, of course, Vince Caruso. Vince, how the hell are you? Hey, Pedro, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, man. How's life treating you? You know what, man? Every day is just a blessing to be alive, my brother. Thank you for asking so much, and I hope the same is going good for you. That's good. Talk to me. How'd you get us? How'd you get your start in boxing? Man, I gotta tell you, I I got a weird start in the fight game. You know, my family was always around the fight game. Al Caruso was my great uncle. You know, he came up with Customato mm-hmm. um, at the Gramercy Gym in New York City. Cus was his manager and trainer, and um, he was around there with a young Teddy Atlas was working with Mr. Customato. But I never liked uh, never liked boxing, Pedro. Believe it or not, my first fight I ever attended was Alexis Arguello against uh, Kevin Rooney, a very young Kevin Rooney, because uh, he was with Cuss, and, you know, my uncle being friends with Cuss still after his career was done, we went there, and I remember I fell asleep at that fight. I believe it was down in Bally's in Atlantic City. All I wanted to do was go watch Superman 2 in the movie theater, <laughs> and I wound up falling asleep. But never was my thing, Pedro, but... You know, I was out in California. I came out here in 93, was working in the record business. Unfortunately, uh, things didn't go good in that. Uh, 
and my uh, time came to a halt there, and I needed a thing to do. I found out I was hanging out at the forum a lot on a constant basis, and then I, uh, you know, met a young kid named Steve Kim who was coming up and trying to write stories and be a journalist, and Doug Fisher and a couple other guys, and just got into the business and started out by writing uh, articles for different managers like Ricardo Maldonado, uh, doing certain things for their fighters like publicist wise, and. Then just took off from learning the business. I started dabbling in some promoting and managing, and here I am today with uh, great friends like you in the business, Pedro. Thank I, you. I remember from the 90s at the Hall of Fame meetings in uh, in Southern California, we used to hold those, what we called it, the United States, the World Boxing Hall of Fame. That's, that's the one we used to have down there in L.A. But I remember you, you know, green kid. So tell me about your relationship with Jackie Kalin. I mean, that was a bit, a bit, a bit interesting to everybody because, you know, you were younger than her and she was like this diva in boxing. Yeah, well, you know, great girl. Uh, yeah, I spent a little time with her. You know, that was just the norm of me. A lot of people I got accused of, uh, quote unquote, maybe using her and her position to, to get into the business. But I mean, at the time it was 1997. I mean, her time was way past done. With I was thinking going. the other way around, but go on. <laughs> you know, she was a great gal, but you know, Pedro, if you know me, I've always been that way, man. I, it was just, maybe it's the Beverly Hills thing in me, but I've always dated gals 10, 15 years older than me. It's always been my thing. I mean, yeah, I, I might date a girl younger or my age once in a while, but my MO has always been the mamas, man. I've always chased those and she just was in my radar and we had a good time and she's a great gal and I wish her the best, man. I hope she's doing well. Were you part of that movie against the ropes? Were you in that movie? No, no, I think our relationship was against the ropes then. Oh! <laughs> That's about the only thing. Our relationship was against the ropes. No, I, we, um, no, I think I, um, I came in after that was already being done or it was being done. You know, that was her thing. Never wanted to intrude on that. But, uh, in fact, I, I gotta be hands down honest. A good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Holt McCallany's in that movie, but I have never seen it. I've just seen bits and pieces of it. Okay. I want your quick response. Harold Smith. Oh man, legend. Um, maybe, uh, not the best, uh, of characters, but, uh, a man who knew how to work the system and to beat the system. And I think it's a system that puts a lot of more people down, Pedro, than it does boost us up, unfortunately. And he was, uh, he was a legend, man. He just, he knew it. Sharp like a razor. You know, he, he, did I, did I ever tell you the story about him? I can't what, what, whether he was at Northwestern University, whatever university he was at. Anyway, he became a skilled bridge player and he would come off with, he used to tell me, I used to play like I was a dumb black guy and this and that. And then he would take like, he would take the certain ethnic group, he would play them against bridge, play them bridge, and he would take like thousands of dollars from these people. I mean, he would just like, just kill them. He was the best bridge player. At, at this entire university at one point in time, of course, went to college on a track scholarship. Ross Fields, born Ross Fields in 1942, I believe. Of course, he died earlier this year in Dubai uh, in January, January 22nd, I believe. Of course, Ross Fields became famous for running the Muhammad Ali Professional Sports. He was a boxing promoter. But as it turns out, the money he was using, the seed money he was using, he illegally withdrew from the Wells Fargo Bank. Is that a good way to put it, illegally withdraw? Yeah, that is right. An illegal withdrawal. Very good description, Pedro. 21 million bucks. And he never set foot. And Harold told me, hey, Pedro, I never set foot in Wells Fargo Bank. I said, how'd you get the money? He goes, I think he used to send Ernie Fuentes or, or some of those, those schleps he had down there in L.A. He sent these schleps to the bank and they bring back like a million bucks in cash. 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> I must have been off of that friends and family list. No, no, no. You and I came along when he was on welfare, when he was handing out food stamps. We came, we uh, came along in the food stamp era of Harold Smith and Ross Fields. You mean the forum days and stuff like that? Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, I got paid that Pedro, night. You got paid. Pedro, that's what I was about to say. We did get paid, no matter <laughs> what the denomination was. You and I did get paid, so we can't say a bad word about Mr. Fields. But how about this? My, uh, my analogy of Mr. Harold Smith is, and I say it like this, if Ross Fields ever ventured over to Japan, give him six months and he would be head of Yokozuna. He would be the best uh, uh, sumo wrestler there. Somehow he would find a way. Ross Fields, of course, he wasn't never weighed over 170 pounds in his lifetime, I don't think. You know, he got up there in, the, in his old age, he did. Um I, I will say, I, you know, he, what about, what was so interesting about Harold was that he could con anybody. I mean, I'm not, I'm telling you, I, I, one time we, we showed up in, in Macau, we're in, we're in Hong Kong, and I was doing Ali security on a trip to, uh, to, to China, and we're going to the mainland, we're going from Hong Kong to the mainland, it's like a 90 mile, 90 mile drive, 90 mile, uh, flight in a helicopter or something like that. Anyway, you can get in a, um, a helicoil and ride like a boat that rides about four or five feet above the water, and you ride that all the way across to Macau. So I wasn't going to let Muhammad Ali get up into a helicopter, not after Mark Edison had died the year before. I remember Mark Edison from Donald Trump days back there in Atlantic City. Of course, they named the Mark Edison Arena after him at the Taj Mahal Hotel. And before that, my former employer, Bill Graham, the rock promoter, went down in a helicopter crash here in Northern California. So I had two, these two fresh helicopter crashes on my mind i wasn't letting ali get up in a helicopter so we had bought twelve thousand dollars worth of advance tickets with no refund on the helicopter rides okay so harold says to me you're not getting we're not getting our money back man blah, 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 blah. you got to put them on the helicopter i said no i'm not letting them get on the helicopter i said everybody else can get on the helicopter so we'll take the boat over he goes no pedro come on but you gotta anyway bottom line was i figured this out i said i went to the book to the, the owner of the, the the line i said to him if i get you a picture with muhammad ali and you take it next to him and he points to your sign that says number one and i get you a picture of that I said, that's worth like a million bucks, don't you think? He goes, well, I don't know if it's worth a million dollars. I said, but it's worth a lot more than 12 grand. And he said, <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So anyway, I got in the picture with Ali and, he, and we got the 12 grand. We took the boat over there, but I wasn't letting Ali get on a plane. I would get on a, a helicopter, man. This is no way, no how. I wasn't getting on. I was, I wasn't scared for him. I was scared for me. Pedro, I tell you, you have to, I seriously, you have to write a book about your trials and tribulations in the sport of boxing because you have been so much more than just a great boxing journalist, man. You have been like the Damon Runyon of our sport. You have been the Johnny on the spot. You have been, found yourself in situations like this with characters like Mr. Ross Fields. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I can't, I, I told you the reason, I think I've told you the reason why I won't do this is that I don't, I don't want to snitch on anybody. I mean, I've, I've got, I've got dirt on everybody, dirt and clean stuff. You know what I'm saying? I just don't want to do it. I think it's just, I think it's, um, to snitch would be, to, to be a snitch, to be a rat would be the norm, to sell out for money. And I could sell out for some bucks, man, but I just, I, I wouldn't feel good about it. Yeah, that is true. You know, you, you gotta go with dignity and, and it's a lost art these days. It is definitely a lost art these days, but, uh, but otherwise than that, man, I always love to hear your great positive stories about, about the situations like that. We, and we've had some together, Pedro. You and I have certainly have. That's right. I, I remember us, us, um, um, consuming an illegal substance in Lulu, Mississippi. <laughs> it was illegal then. Is weed illegal in Mississippi now? 
You know, now it is legal. If it was today, I think we would be okay. But if I can quite remember, Pedro, we had to retreat um, to one of our rooms, if I if I may. Yeah. And I think we had to stuff some towels underneath the door and things of that nature in order to conceal the sensimilia smell. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Vince Caruso on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Vince, you take care and come back soon. Thank you, Pedro. Love you so much, my good friend. All the best to you and Ring Talk. The incomparable one, Vince Caruso on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing. And I may, of course, Flip Wilson and Muhammad Ali from 1971. Ali had not yet fought Joe Frazier for the Undisputed World Heavyweight Championship. Of course, the fight, the fight that stopped the world. The world stopped March 8th, 1971. I mean, Madison Square Garden, 15 rounds. And, of course, at the end of 15 rounds, I thought Muhammad Ali won. And then Joe Frazier won. I was, like, blown away by that one. But, of course, Ali got knocked down in the 15th round, and he got hurt in the 12th round. When he got hurt in the 12th round, I mean, he was really, really, really... That was hurt, the hurtest I ever saw him in his entire career, as far as, like, being battered about. I mean, he was just, like, his legs and his B-A-L-L-S were the only things holding him up. I kid you not. In that 12th round against Frazier, he almost lost it all. But Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali, the great fight, 1971. It doesn't seem like it's quite that long ago, but, man... It was, of course, and as I said, they had the second fight, which was, you know, same place, the guard, and then, of course, the third fight, the Thrill in Manila, that really rocked, no doubt about that. Of course, that was a fight in 1975 that basically ended the career of both men. I mean, they were both shot at that point in time when Ali entered that ring. <clears throat> he didn't have a whole lot left, but he had a whole lot left as far as standing. He could stand and fight still. Didn't have much of the far, as far as his legs were concerned. Of course, went on and fought a slew of bums after that. And he did fight. He fought like, you know, Richard Dunn and George, a whole bunch of hobos. Anyway, Ali went on the bum in the month club because he couldn't fight anybody at that point in time. Who did he end up losing to? A guy with eight fights by the name of Neon Leon Spinks. Of course, Leon Spinks, the former resident, <clears throat> former neighbor of Emanuel Stewart, the late Emanuel Stewart, the Cronk Jim Goldfather. Of course, I told you that story where Leon Spinks is living across the street in Diana Ross's old house. <clears throat> They're living in Detroit, Detroit, Michigan, a rich neighborhood. Diana Ross used to live across the street. Diana Ross and the Supremes from Motown Music fame. And they, Diana lived across the street and the other Supremes, Florence and Mary, lived on the same street and other, uh, different houses on the same block. Anyway, um, a man who heard all this noise coming from the Spinks house, so he went over there. First, he was going to get his gun, but his wife said, no, 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 you're not taking your gun with you. So he runs over there and he finds out that Leon Spinks is, is being, having the snot beat out of him on the kitchen floor by his wife and his, and her girlfriend, 
the girlfriend is sitting on his chest and the wife is hitting him with a frying pan in the head. So if you wonder why Leon seems a little punchy, a little punch drunk, it wasn't boxing. No, no. It was his wife kicking his ass with that frying pan. Tiafimo Lopez. The world lightweight champion. What is he now? 16 is it? 12 KOs, of course. Coming off that win over Vasil Lomachenko. Lomachenko now 14 and 2. That was a fortnight ago. That sort of set up the lightweight division, per se, because Vasil Lomachenko was considered the, you know, the, the god. I mean, he was the guy at 135. I mean, 32 years old, had won like 400 amateur fights. I think he avenged the one loss he had as an amateur, but he was like, had 400 amateur fights. And of course, <clears throat> Two-time Olympic or world champion and steps into the world professional ranks. Goes well, 14 to 1, runs into Teofimo Lopez, who's a four and a half to one underdog. In other words, he's a huge underdog. Shouldn't even be close, right? It wasn't close. Lopez ran away from the fight. First seven rounds on my scorecard, I gave the Teofimo Lopez with the second round sort of being, you know, with a, with a question mark next to it. Anyway, at the end of the night, I had it 9-3. Nine three in rounds. I wanted to give, you know, Mr. Vissolo Machenko maybe a welfare round, so I gave him the second round with that question mark next to it, only because I wanted to give him a round. But it should have been nine three. Eventually my score was one sixteen, one twelve. Tiafimo Lopez, a winner without a doubt. I mean winning hands away. Did, made it look easy. If Lomachenko was supposed to be the god of boxing, guess what? God didn't say his prayers that night. Now Javante Davis, of course, kid was in action last week. Yeah, he was in action last week uh, in a hit-and-run car accident in Baltimore, Maryland, of course. Allegedly, he was driving a car at about 1.30 in the morning last Thursday or Friday, and he had a hit-and-run with four or five people getting hurt. Not a good thing, but, of course, Al Heyman will buy him some, you know, put up some money and uh, he'll buy his way out of that one. But if he keeps getting in trouble, man, that's not a good thing for him. And, of course, I told you before, inside the ring, and Socrates Palmer said this as well, of course, our resident Ph.D., that appears Saturday on Ring Talk Live or why the Saturday edition of 11 a.m. Pacific on these same channels. Anyway, you know, Sox is, Davis is a beast in the ring. Outside the ring, you know, not the most, not the greatest kid in the world. Anyway, 24-0, coming off that seventh-round KO of Leo Santa Cruz like last week, man. Was that was that the stuff? One punch, bang, it's all over. Nothing quite like those one-punch knockouts. Dillian White knock, getting knocked out by Alexander Povetkin. Speaking of Povetkin, they were supposed to do the rematch November 22nd, November 21st. That fight's been put off because Povetkin tested positive for the virus, so they're going to put that thing off until January. We'll see if that takes place. But Alexander Povetkin <clears throat> knocking out Dillian White with that sneaky uppercut, much like much, I mean, much in the same fact that, I mean, when you look at that uppercut that Gervonta Davis threw, holy cow, I mean, it lifted Leo Santa Cruz off the ground like a Tyson uppercut, I kid you not. And of course, this was him fighting at 130 pounds after fighting for a long time at 135. And you and I know that he's not really the, 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 I could have been, he's not a 135 pound fighter. I think he showed that you can be big at 130, but he's not big at 135. And you want to be the biggest you can. That's right. Size matters in two things. Remember? Remember? Pornography and combat sports. But Tiafimo Lopez, mm, champion at 135, no doubt about that. Now, next on the list, as far as guys I'm concerned with, I like him. I'm talking about Ryan Garcia. People say, oh, man, he's just a, he's a bot. He's an internet bot. Of course, he's been dogged on this show by different guys, uh, from the Mayweather camp and that kind of good stuff. But man, he's unbeaten. Outside of unbeaten, he's pretty. And he's got a good following. He's 20 and 0, got like 16 KOs, knocked that guy out from Nicaragua, Miguel Mirz, with Miguel Mirada, of course, with, with one shot, that one left hook, fainted with the right hand and threw the left hook. That was the most perfect exhibition of setting somebody up for a one punch knockout you will ever see in your life. You need to go back and look at that on YouTube and say, whoa, 
Ryan Garcia, he faints with the right shoulder. He gets the right shoulder to, just to move. You look at the right shoulder, and he knocks you out with the left hook. I mean, a lead left hook. I kid you not. That was beautiful. It doesn't get much better than that. And I think that Ryan Garcia is a, a star at 135. People think, you know, maybe he's not such a star. No, I think he's a star at 135. And he might be the, he might be the, the asterisk. In other words, the guy that you put an asterisk next to his name because he might be the guy that meets the best of them bunch, mess of the bunch. So I'm looking at the rest of them. Of course, he's going to take on, you know, Luke Campbell. Campbell's a good fighter. He's like 20 and 3, I think Campbell is, or something like that. Of course, lost to Lomachenko, a distance fight. So there's no, no, there's no disgrace in that. He's a southpaw as well. But I don't think anybody right now is going to get by Ryan Garcia. Not at this level. Okay. When Ryan steps up to the Devin Haney type of level, of course, Devin Haney, uh, the aforementioned WBC's so-called lightweight title holder, another internet champion, of course, because we know that Teofimo Lopez took the, <coughs> The franchise championship and the WBC championship away from Vasil Lomachenko a fortnight ago. So how can Devin Haney walk into the ring with a WBC title belt? He did it last night. Of course, won a 12-round decision over Yuri Gamboa. Gamboa, a guy that's thought to be shot. I mean, shot like a like like with 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 a, with a 357 multiple times in the head. He was like dead man walking as a fighter, been knocked out. He's chinny. There's no doubt about it. And this guy hits him with his best shots. He's talking about knocking. This is what he said. Cheney, uh, Devin Haney going to the fight. I'm going to try to eclipse uh, Terrence Crawford's uh, win of knocking him down four times. You can even knock him down one time. Where is your punching? Where is this magical punching power that you were talking about? As I said earlier, people talk and compare you to Sugar Ray Leonard. No, no, I've seen Sugar Ray Leonard, son. You are no Sugar Ray Leonard, no doubt about that. But the rest of the lightweight division, eh, Leo Selby looked pretty good a couple of weeks ago, but uh, there's not really any names there. He's got that magic four or five outside of that. It ain't happening. Some other divisions of boxing are hot. Of course, the 126-pound division, the featherweight division, it's hot because we've got Emmanuel Navarrete moving up for 122. Of course, he was a WB 122-pound title holder. The guy's like 32-1, and one, something like 25, 26 knockouts, only 25 years old. Very, very proud Mexican warrior. But, <clears throat> of course, I question his intestinal fortitude by stepping up to 122 without taking care of business at 120. At 120, without, wait, take it back. I question his notion, his ability, his, his, his decision to step up to 126 after dominating 122, but not dominating to the point where he took everybody out. He sort of had his WBO belt and sort of left. The bottom line is he used to fight those WBC guys and took care of business. Now, at 126, we've also got Gary Russell. Gary Russell's undefeated. Take that out. He's lost one fight, but that was to Fasolo Manchego as well. That was a decision. But Gary Russell's so inactive, you've got his picture on the side of milk cartons. You really do. I mean, when's the last time you saw him fight? When's the last time you saw him? I mean, think about it. When is the last time you saw him fight? You haven't seen him fight in a long time. Pound for pound. Who are the best pound for pound fighters in the world? Of course, Everybody says Canelo's the best pound-for-pound pound fighter right now. As far as the paychecks are concerned, yeah, he might be the best pound-for-pound. Pound. Of course, mentioned his earlier record a little bit earlier, 53-1, and one, <clears throat> a couple of draws, 36 KOs. <clears throat> Number two, pound-for-pound, pound. Tyson Fury, undefeated, linear world heavyweight champion, 32 years old, a UK, of course, an Irish, an Irish gypsy, orthodox fighter, 30-0 and 0 with a draw, a draw that draw with Deontay Wilder. Of course, I thought he won that fight as well. But then again, give Wilder credit because Wilder was able to get a second payday. And if he keeps talking to smack that he's getting right, some keeps talking to smack that he's doing right now, he'll probably get a third payday. But that third payday will probably be his retirement from boxing. According to BoxRec.com, that's what I'm going to for these ratings, Earl Spence, 
the welterweight title holder at 147 pounds, 30 years old, of course, flipped out of that car about six or eight months ago. I take that back last December. Um, flipped out of that car at 110 miles, 115 miles an hour, 15, uh, whatever it was. Bottom line is, I think he's damaged goods, and I would love to fight him. If I was around that age, or Scott Cuddy could make the weight, or a Socrates Palmer was willing to come back, I mean, I put any Siggy, I put any of these guys in there with any of these guys, Set me. Uh, and with Earl Spence right now, because I think Earl Spence is damaged goods. I really do. I think that if you step on his foot and you discombobulate him a couple times and hit him up in the head real hard, I think the flashbacks of the car accident are going to come, come roaring back and that'll be the end of him. I really do. I think that the, that car accident, flipping out of that car, being ejected from a car 150 miles an hour and watching the neurological damage in his eyes and that booking photo. Of course, <clears throat> he was booked for DOI afterwards, book of driving under the influence of alcohol. Um, but when you looked at that, was his right eye? You watched, I'll see all the, the blood damage, all the bleeding in that eye and the left eye as well. So he, he had blood in both eyes, which meant <clears throat> his eyes were bleeding. There was, there was bleeding in his brain. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, he, he like just walked away with no injuries. No, no. Bottom line is Earl Spence is damaged goods. Now, I've got a problem with, um, boxrec.com. They've got Golovkin <clears throat> at number four pound for pound. <clears throat> what are you thinking of? I guess because he only lost to Saul Alvarez in their mind. Anyway, Wilder number five, you gotta be kidding me. Terrence Crawford, Crawford of course undefeated 33-0. What is he now? 36-0 out of Omaha, Nebraska, as I said earlier. Not a superstar. I mean, what has he done? What has he, what has he really, what has Terrence Crawford really done? Have you, have you ever, have, have, is there any Crawford fights that you want to watch on YouTube over and over again? Like a Hagler-Hearns fight? No. But yet he's got to getting up there at age from Omaha, Nebraska. Got Big Mac training him. That's a good deal, I guess, for him because he got no manager. I think Big Mac is his trainer and his manager. And, of course, his manager really is Bob Arum, the promoter. I think Bob Arum handles him on the side. Anyway, not my favorite fighter because of the fact that he really doesn't look to close shows. I think Crawford needs to look at those shows, and he doesn't want to close shows because of the fact I think he's undersized as far as a welterweight is concerned. Anthony Joshua... <clears throat> Good Lord. I'm not even going to mention him. Manny Pacquiao. Let's talk about the Pac-Man. Of course, what is he, 41 years old now? 62 and 7. Man, think about that. The guy held the WBC 112-pound title for a minute, and then he lost because of weight. Of course, went up to 122 when he came over here to the United States and ended up being uh, a guy at 122. He wasn't supposed to be the guy from Africa. Then he went to 126, and he beat... Marco Antonio Barrera. Then he beat Eric Morales after losing to Morales the first time. So, I mean, Mar- I mean, think about that. The history, the, the legacy of Manny Pacquiao is just unbelievable. He had 41 years old. He's still going strong. And at the same time, he's a senator from the Philippines who's going to be president one day. I told you a long time ago. A long, long time ago. Listen, the, Philipp- the Philippines, they need Manny Pacquiao as a senator right now. And I think as a president, he'll be like a, a united, a united figure. Hopefully like President Biden will be here in the United States, a united figure, because we have a divided country, no doubt about that. You are tuning to Rink Talk Live Worldwide. Pacquiao, 62 and 7, a couple of draws. My man from General Santos City in the Philippines. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Till you came into my life And these are the arms that long to lock you inside Every day and every night Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez 
Playing the birthday song, that must mean it's somebody special's birthday. Virginia Quadra Linares, of course, her and I go back to like way, 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 way back. 14, maybe 14, 15 years old. Of course, I'm in my 60s now, so that's a long, long time. Bottom line is, she is celebrating birthday number 62 today. Of course, a foster child, a kid that can work their way up from the, from, from, from the bottom, baby, and became one of society's great, great, great producers. No doubt about that. As a parent and as a girl going on, she's got it going on. She really does. Happy birthday, Virginia. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. As I clear my throat, you're inside look into the world of boxing, MMA. Of course, let's check out the boxing schedule, the 11th ESPN Plus. Of course, do you have the app? Billo doesn't have the app. You got to get the app. I think it's like ten bucks a month now. It cost me like five when I bought first bought it, and then they they raised it five bucks. So it's ESPN Plus, say ten bucks a month. November 11th, Kareem. Curfee taking on Lee McGregor at a bantamweight bout, 118 pounds. The 14th ESPN comes back with the aforementioned <clears throat> Terrence Crawford. Of course, undefeated, taking on twice-breaking Kell Brook. Kell Brook, the former welterweight title holder. Of course, he is a bigger, natural, naturally bigger guy. And, of course, size matters in two things, combat sports or pornography. And this may this is an instance where size might matter because Terrence Crawford is not really a big welterweight. He's really a lightweight just fitting his way into 147 pounds. The 14th is a female boxing tripleator on the zone. Outside of that, uh, the 14th has also got Fox Sports 1 coming back with uh, fight card as well. So we come back to 21st. That's going to be the zone, but that was a canceled card. So we've got boxing hopping and happening, but you got to check out your apps, be it the zone, of course, or ESPN Plus. You have been tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. Your inside look at the world of boxing, MMA. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Thank you so much for tuning in. There's a million things you'll be doing right now. The fact you're listening to Ring Talk live worldwide, well, worldwide. Well, I thank you from the, the bottom of my heart. This has been Ring Talk live worldwide. Until next week. Saturday, Sunday is 11 a.m. Pacific time on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, or Sirius XM Satellite Radio. And don't forget the podcast at Anchor.com. Till next time, peace, love, and a ton of respect. The executive producer, the one, the only, Scott Cuddy. This has been Ring Talk. Ring Talk.